Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we're breaking down the Knicks and Raptors trade. Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett are getting sent up north to a different country, and OG Ananobi is joining the Knicks. So I want to break this trade down. We're going to talk about just the players first, and then we're going to talk about not, I'm not going to say the real reason, but like a, a very big part of this trade, which is finance, right? It's it's the money, it's the contracts, because if you <laughs> heard one of my podcasts from the offseason, R.J. Barrett, I think, has one of the worst contracts in the league. So whenever big money is being moved on a player that isn't that good, that's always like part of the story. So recapping, the Knicks send Emmanuel quickly and R.J. Barrett to the Raptors. The Raptors send back OG Ananobi. This is an interesting trade because these are all rotation players and they're all fairly young. They're all under the age of 27. Ananobi's 26, Emmanuel Quickly's 24, and RJ Barrett's 23. That's their their age season. I don't know how old they are actually today, but uh, it's just how we count it in the stats. So it's interesting because I think there's like a second round pick in here, but like who cares? There might have been, there was another salary filler. I think like Malachi Flynn might have been in this trade, but. In terms of things that matter, these three players and no first round picks going anywhere, which is always interesting because the way the current NBA works is it's most of the time players for picks and salary filler. So this is an interesting trade because there's just pretty good players going back and forth. So just at like a really high level, OG Ananobi is probably the best player in this trade. And the reason I say that is. He's like a B-minus player. My rankings are going to come out probably this month. They're done. I just have to write the actual article, which can sometimes take a long time because I think I ranked like 190 players this time. I ranked 75 last time, and I thought that wasn't enough. But OG Ananobi is like a B-minus player-ish, and that's pretty good. He's a two-way wing. He's a very good wing defender and a good three-point shooter. On top of that, there's a little bit more to his offensive game. He's a guy that can average like around like 15, 16, 17 points a game. And there's just some amount of production there. So that's valuable. He's probably one of the better 3 and D plus players in the league. Not even probably. He definitely is. He's in the category for me of a Jeremy Grant, of an Andrew Wiggins. And Wiggins is weird because he was really overrated. I mean, he was playing really well when they won that championship a couple years ago. And now he's playing way worse than he is. And he's really somewhere in the middle of just being a positive two-way wing. But OG Ananobi, about a B-minus player in my estimation. And the other side of the trade, quickly, he's a C-plus player, but he's one of those guys where if he goes to a different situation, he's a, a guy that could you know take the next step, could be a breakout candidate. If you were going to take, I don't know, a list of 10-ish players that aren't like first overall picks that are under the age of 25 to take a jump in a season, Emmanuel quickly would definitely be on that list. So OG B minus player quickly C plus player, but about as good of a C plus player as you could be probably knock on the door B minus. And then RJ Barrett for me is like a C player. So those are just like really, really high level. If you're going to throw them into a bucket, that's where I would throw them where I don't really like RJ Barrett. I think I've talked about that quite a bit on this podcast. He's, an okay player, he's a volume scorer. He can get to the rim and finish some. He can get to the free throw line. There's some value there, but there's not a whole lot else. There's no defense. There's zero defensive playmaking. 
there's not shooting. There was like one season where he shot it good from three, but you, one season does not make you a shooter. So I'm not a big RJ Barrett fan. He has a large contract. He's going to be making about $27 million on average over the next three years. So when that got extension got signed, I think that was last year. I was like, well, that was not a good idea. And he's he's the youngest player in the deal. I think that's the biggest thing going for him. He was a high pick and he's 23 years old. And that's what people have been really excited about. He has a pretty good name. This is a pretty good name trade. Emmanuel Quickly, got a good nickname, IQ. OG Ananobi, that's an interesting name. Very good name trade here. But in terms of talent for RJ Barrett, I'm not a big fan. He will will give you scoring. He's a rotation player. Like he would be playing on majority of teams in the league, right? It's not like not like it's this terrible player, yada, yada, yada. But I don't see him ever being really great. And I just not my type of ball player. You know who would like RJ? I don't know why. Gilbert Arenas, well, he just says crazy things all the time. But he's always popping up on my social media. And he always just wants players that score a lot of points and nothing else. RJ Barrett will be perfect for his team. Let's talk about the... Emmanuel quickly of it all in this trade. He's the most interesting guy because, like I said, 24 years old. He's been really good in LeBron. LeBron has liked him. Really good on-off numbers in for his career. He's a two-level scorer, good three-point shooter, good mid-range, really good floater, pretty good defensive guard. So you like all of those things. Again, 6'3", doesn't get to the rim a whole lot, not like a super vertical guy. There's playmaking from him. So you like him as an on-ball guy. That's another part of this trade that makes it like a little bit hard to not evaluate, but sort of explain because OG Ananobi is a 3 and D player. So he plugs into any team in the league. So the Knicks probably have a better finishing lineup with this trade. But the flip side of it is the Raptors are getting Emmanuel quickly and he could have the most upside of any player in this trade. So that's what makes things a little bit tricky on evaluating, right? Sometimes there's articles that give a letter grade to each team or whatever it may be. But it's a circumstance thing because quickly could, you know, make another jump. The three-point shooting is already good. The float game is very, very strong. The playmaking is good. And you know, larger load on the Raptors, all the numbers go up, and all of a sudden he's like a really dynamic, not going to be your best player, but in the conversation, in the mix of like one of your three and four building block guys. OG Ananobi is the opposite where he is, again, two-way wing, solid three-point shooter over a very, very long sample. He's 26 years old. He's in his prime. He's a really good defender, good defensive playmaking. He can guard that special forward that, you know, the Kevin Durant, the LeBron James, the Jimmy Butler, because he has the size, he's 6'7". So extremely valuable, going to be in closing lineups for the Knicks. Well, Tibbs is going to play him a lot of minutes. That's a Tibbs-type player, defensive-oriented. But this is a really interesting trade because the Knicks get better immediately and the Raptors... The Raptors get what they need because the Raptors had very, very little on-ball creation and they didn't have a lot of people pressuring the rim from the perimeter, right? You just, you have to have guys that drive. It's something I talk about all the time because when a team doesn't have it, 
and you're not the Warriors, your offense is normally inept. You either have to have like the greatest shooter ever and then maybe like, I don't know, like the fifth greatest shooter ever on your team. Or you're just going to be in a lot of trouble because you can't force rotations. And then when the defense is standing still, if they're competent, it's going to be really hard to score on them. You're not going to get a lot of high quality shots. So the Raptors really need an on-ball creation. RJ Barrett's going to self-create for himself and just get you some points. So that's going to be helpful. Get to the free throw line. But quickly is the interesting guy because that's where the playmaking comes in. And quickly is a guy that can play with players because he can play off ball. Again, really strong shooter. Can play on ball, good passer, can be a good connective passer, a secondary passer. He's a really interesting guy. So this trade, I don't know. I've been kind of thinking about it. You know, you like to declare a winner or a loser, but I think this is a a case of a win-win. And it's one of those things you look back in three years, who knows, maybe OG Ananobi gets hurt or Emmanuel quickly all of a sudden takes this monster jump. And then you look back at the trade and you're like, what was the other team thinking? And It's really, I think there's a Malcolm Gladwell episode about this. Looking back and connecting dots is really easy. So if you look at, or if you listen to a book on the stock market, and they talk about picking winners all the time. If you look at a company now, and you're like, oh, it should have been so obvious. If you look back, there was this, and this happened, and that also happened. But at the time of that, there was so much noise going on. So I think trades sometimes we look back a couple years in the future uh, with our nose held very high (laughs) and we say, how could this team have possibly thought this was a good idea? But the Knicks, here's the thing. They do get better. They get a better closing lineup because, again, OG Ananobi's really good. If there are three and D play, like he's at that upper echelon where they just stop calling the players three and D players because they're just good, where it's like, I don't know, you're just kind of good at five things so there isn't a a word like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady they're not a certain type of quarterback they're so good they're just kind of good at everything uh OG Ananobi not Tom Brady but you get my point so the Knicks get a better closing lineup because the problem RJ Barrett is really helpful in quarters two and three when you're like hey we just like gotta get to around 110 points tonight so we're gonna need some amount of oxen pulling the plow because we gotta get it to the finish line of that many points OG Ananobi is different where Brunson can be on ball, Randall can be on ball, and you're not losing any of OG's value. He plugs in with anyone in the league. He's probably one of the most portable players in the league just from a skill set standpoint alone. So I like that for the Knicks. I don't think this changes the Knicks really in any way because, again, quickly is pretty similar to OG in terms of just like kind of overall impact. LeBron actually likes quickly more. I prefer. OG more again for the closing lineup part of it, but there are going to be things like the Knicks are now they're a little light on creation. I know Brunson and Randall do a lot of that work, but quickly was a really, really good six man candidate. We had him as rookie of the year in LeBron, his rookie year last year. There was a lot of talk where people were trying to get him in the six man of the year race, and he's a dynamic player. And then on top of that, RJ Barrett can occasionally make things happen, which can be nice. But the Knicks, again, going to be lighter on ball handling, but they're trying to optimize. And you see this with like the Houston Rockets a few years ago where they were like, we're going to optimize the roster as much as we can. We're going to make it more rigid because we're going to try to say if we play our game well, we're going to be able to win. So did the Knicks probably optimize a little bit more specifically for like their best lineup? Yes. But is it going to make a difference in the playoffs? In the first round? Maybe. In the second round, possibly, 
if this team gets to the Eastern Conference Finals, that will be a huge success. And then you just say this trade worked regardless of how well he plays because you're like, hey, we made a move and then we got to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, if that that would be that would be a big success. I don't think this trade changes really how I'm viewing them in terms of maybe like a second round team, right? They're going to be a tough out, good defensive team. OG's going to make their defense better, but they just don't have like Brunson's playing really, really well. There was that conversation of can he be your best player? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. But can he be your second best player? Yeah, definitely. He's absolutely at that level. And then it's just the problem where it's like Rand, Randall's going to be your second best player. No, you're not going to win a championship. Your third best player? Uh, I wouldn't bet on that. So basically, like, if we're just kind of looking at things positively, Brunson's a two. A good two. Randall's a three, I guess, if we're like, he's having one of his years where he's playing good. And then the depth behind that, you have OG, who's really good. You have Hartenstein, who's really good. Josh Hart's solid. So, like, you have guys on the roster. This is a well-built team, but I just, it's going to be hard for the Knicks to get over that hump of, like, just being a good second round team. I don't know if this trade does it, but it doesn't hurt. It didn't it didn't take really anything away. I guess Emmanuel quickly gives you more theoretical upside because he's just a better offensive player on ball. So he could get hot in a series, but you're getting like you're getting too far into the theory crafting realm, which I know basketball Twitter and podcasting is sort of for that. But I think one of the reasons I'm glad I have the microphone is because every once in a while I'm like, oh, hold on. We got let's, let's walk this back. We're, we're too far in imaginary land. <laughs> we're, we're too far. Back it up. So that's the main hits of the trade. So again, OG for me, B minus player quickly, C plus player, Barrett C player, where you're getting pretty good value back for both teams. Again, the Raptors want more on ball because they just don't have that. Fred Van Fleet's not there anymore. It's Scotty Barnes doing the best he can and Dennis Schroeder with the ball in his hands all the time. Like, not a recipe to win it done in games. So that probably makes them better immediately because that was a bigger need. And then the Knicks get better in an optimization standpoint in terms of best lineup. So the only thing I wanted to get to was the money of all this because that does matter. Quickly is going to be a restricted free agent. So he's in his fourth year. He's at the end of his rookie deal. So you can, again, match when you're the team, whether you were the Knicks when you had him or you're going to be the Raptors who will have him. So I would imagine he'll be retained. RJ Barrett is on the books for three more years after this season at $27 million a year, which is a very bad contract because he's probably worth like $17 million a year and he's getting paid $27 million a year. So you can see how the math there doesn't love that. And then OG is going to, he has a player option. He's going to decline it because it's like for like $18 million. And he is going to test free agency. So I guess there is a little bit of risk here for the Knicks because with quickly, they had a restricted free agent where no matter what happens in free agency, they could match. And if they, and even then you could do a sign and trade. So there's a more of a security there. But with OG, he's just a straight up, free agent because he's been in the league a while he's going to be he's 26 this year he'll be 27 going into next year so right now rj making 27 million a year quickly i would imagine the floor for him's 25 million that would be uh i think a safe bet to throw out could get a little bit less could get some more 
you know, free agency is a little bit tricky, hard to tell sometimes. There's the matching element of restricted, which can sometimes throw like extra wrench in things. And then OG, I think is going to be similarly in the 25 million range where again, could get more, who knows every year, somebody gets a lot more money than you think they would. But then the opposite happens. Sometimes you're like, I don't understand how that guy didn't get more money. It doesn't make any sense. Does that team not have a basketball index subscription? Have they not looked at the analytic? Like what, what are we looking at here? <laughs> but that is probably a big part of this trade because just like the, the, the easiest way to think about it is, do you want to pay quickly an RJ Barrett 50 plus million dollars a year for the next number of years? Or would you rather pay OG Ananobi somewhere in the twenties? I personally would probably take OG somewhere in the twenties than that combination for 50, 55 mil over the next three to four years. That's a huge financial commitment to RJ Barrett, who again is an NBA player. Like he's probably going to have a 10 year career, but it's going to be in just a very okay career quickly. Again, there is upside. There is some excitement there. I think if you're a Raptors fan, you like this because I mean, on ball creation passers that can also score that are not bad at defense. Those guys are kind of rare. So quickly is exciting in that way. So I think you like that. And then if you're the Knicks fan, you're like, hey, we got like the best 3 and D guy in the league, probably. And people keep telling me 3 and D guys are really valuable. So again, OG, if you're the Knicks, you re-sign him. He's a very tradable piece, again, because he'll be 27 next year. And then you, you sign him to that big free agent deal. It's probably going to be like a four-year deal. And maybe, I don't know, maybe you give him a, can, I don't know, maybe because they have the bird rights, they can give him a fifth-year deal. I got to have a salary cap person on here because like most of the time i'm like eh, i think i know what i'm talking about but every once in a while i'm like there's a lot of salary cap rules there are like way too many it's kind of like the tax system where they make it purposefully complicated <laughs> so you can like do some sneaky business but that's a, a conversation for another time but i think that's gonna wrap things up I don't think I'm going to go into, I was going to talk Derek White all-star case. That's been something that's been in the media. I've been talking Alex Caruso all-star case, but I will probably save that for its own episode or an episode where it has, you know, maybe some more time because we're already like 20 minutes here and that's going to end up being like a 15 or 20 minute rant. I don't want this episode to be too long, but the short of it, I'm trying to get Derek White and Alex Caruso on the all-star team. I know the the natural thing is like, well, then who are you going to remove? And I haven't looked at it, but I would just, I don't know, I'll just figure it out. I just, you just delete two names from the list. It's really not that hard. So Derek White, Alex Caruso, All-Stars, yes. Player rankings are going to be coming out soon. There's going to be an article for that. There's probably going to be multiple podcasts because there's going to be so many players to talk about. So we got that going on. The website, we have most of our major stats are updated. If you want to check out all of our talent, we have finishing talent, mid-range talent, three-point shooting talent, and then there's the overall shooting talent that takes into account creation, your shot quality, your shot making, how well you perform on your shot quality. We have tons of stuff, tons of data up on the site, um, all the apps, skills app, everything updated. So we are uh, looking good there. Lots of fun tools to play with on the website. Again, if you're not subscribed to the website, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, you, that one's free. Just hit the button. Uh, if you don't have a basketball index subscription, it's $5 a month. It's a crazy value. 
it's literally the same data that we're using with agents in front offices. So uh, go up, sign up for that. You got the you got Christmas money. Everyone got well. I got I got thirty bucks from my grandma. So it's like I get you a couple months of a basketball index subscription. So. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. That is the Emmanuel Quickly, RJ Barrett, OG Ananobi trade. I think that's probably going to be the title of the episode. <laughs> Malachi Flynn, probably not going to make it. I think I keep mentioning him. I think I saw his name in the trade and then that second round pick. But that's going to wrap it up for this one. If you want to talk to me on Twitter at Taylor Metrics, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Basketball Index Podcast. <laughs>